Welcome, everyone, to episode 46 of the VGC Trainer School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or a newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake, and I'm joined today by one phenomenal co-host, Spicer. Just the two of us. How you doing, man? Yay, me. Yes, it is I. I'm doing... Oh, I'm, I'm, you know what, for the sake of the podcast, I'm doing great. <laughs> That's good. Cause we can't, we can't dive into, you know, everything. So just a, an I'm fine is probably best, right? Yeah. You don't want to do Spicer therapy hour unless you want to, but I mean, you'd have to edit it. So that's on you, but okay. I'll cut it all out. <laughs> we'll start now and see what makes it. Cool. It all started 30 years ago. <laughs> It all um, started the day I was born. <laughs> but now First how are you doing? mistake. What's uh what's going on? Um, not much. I mean, it's spooky season. Yeah. I've been pretty busy um with Halloween y stuff this month. Like haunted houses. Went to the Sacramento regional, of course. Uh that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, went to go to LA last weekend to see my favorite band protest the hero. It was a good time. Um, yeah, Sacramento was just so awesome because, you know, a lot of the Vegas locals, we went out and got the same flight in the same hotel and met up like in the Portland homies that we know were across the street. So we all got to hang out. Have a night. It was a good time. Um, yeah, I'm excited for Halloween and tomorrow. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, we are recording on what is this mischief night? What they call it, I think, or Devil's Night or something like that. Um, really, I've never heard that at all. Oh no, it, maybe it's just an East Coast thing. But mischief night is apparent is like where you know you go out the night before Halloween, and that's where you do a bunch of vandalism. <laughs> all Hallows Eve, Eve. Kind of, yeah. That is a thing. It says Devil's Night. Yeah. I Googled it. Pull that up, Jamie. It says, what? They, were, they made an Angel's Night as an alternative to it? Oh, lame. Lame. <laughs> Every night is Angel's Night, dude. Get over it. No one cares. Uh, in Detroit, Michigan. Okay, well, this is getting into like a specific event. This is something... It happened any like arson. I mean, I'm down. We could do some arson tonight and maybe like some rituals at the witching hour. Okay. Devil's night, witching hour. It has to be the ultimate time for sacrifice. I imagine so. Yeah, but then we talk we start talking about sacrifice. We're talking about like Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff, and I, I just can't dip into that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and you know, cutting the throats of virgins and goats, and I'm gonna cut this part out. Anyway. <laughs> Been doing good. That's good. What are you gonna be for uh, Halloween? Uh, well, I've been so far a satanic priest kind cool. of thing. Cool. Yeah, like just like priest robes, and I've got like an upside down cross and very edgy. Uh, like me, I have also an Umbreon hat. It's like a, it's like a backup costume. I did that for Halloween last year. If like if I go somewhere and I can't do the full regalia, I'll do the Umbreon hat. Always works with the nerds. Oh, for sure. They love My that people. Stuff. Yep. What about you? 
Uh, me, I mean, for Halloween. So my my son is being a fireman. So I'm just putting on these pants that my mom made for me several years ago. And it was out of like this black fabric with flames all over it. So I'm just going to wear like the fire pants and he's going to be the fireman. That's um, hilarious. But the pants are from a costume that I had where I wore those pants and then I wore a white t-shirt and I just wrote liar, liar on it. So I was liar, liar, pants on fire. And it's like one of the, <laughs> one of my favorite memories. That was a good, a good Halloween. That's um, an original costume. That's amazing. <laughs> but besides that, I've been pretty good. I signed up for my first local that I'm going to be going to later in November oh, okay. on the 19th. It's not it's it's a local in the sense that it's not a regional, but it's not a local in the sense that it's an hour away. But it should be uh, should be fun. So I am looking forward to that. Um, otherwise, draft league is going well still. My my matchup this week, I think, is one of the most difficult that I've had that, that I had this season because it's. It's sun with Fluttermane, and it's just it, it might it might just obliterate me, but we'll see. That's scary, all always. Yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, not too much. Just kind of yeah, in there enjoying um watching you guys some should, uh, Toronto stuff. Toronto stuff. Oh yeah, that was a good time. You guys should have like a video of your son like spraying you with the hose. <laughs> Get your wife to record it, put it on TikTok, and send it to me. That'd be good. That'd be good. Okay. Um. So yeah. So other. So uh. Cool. Then let's jump into the show for today. We do have one piece of news that is rather insignificant, but just to be you know, uh, consistent with it, we'll be able to share that. Then I do want to dive into some of that Sacramento that you experienced out there with that regional because we didn't really get a chance to talk to you or Tony about it. But then we are going to break down, of course, Toronto because that did just happen and there is some stuff to cover there. Mm-hmm. So first, let's get into the news. And I'm just going to say it real quick. Um, the next seven star raid has been announced. And if you have been following, it's probably of no surprise that the next one is Hisuian Typhlosion Fire Terra. Following Grass Hisuian Decidui, this is going to be Fire Hisuian Typhlosion. The next one probably will be Water Hisuian Samurai. The, the, the boredom in my voice is really just because it feels lazy. I don't know. I mean, what are they going to really do at this point? That's going to be amazing. I guess like. <sighs> I guess that's a good point. I mean, bringing in the other Hisui Mons would be what they could do. But. And I mean, like, you know, Braviari and um, Avalug and whatnot. But even then, I guess it's just I guess this is fine. But like it just having fine. it be the stab Terra is just annoying to me. Like, make it like a fairy Terra or grass yeah, Terra or something. That's like that. fair. It could be cooler. They could have tried harder. Yeah, but it's fine. What are you gonna do? Um, not care. Probably not do it like usual. I haven't. I don't think I've done any of the mightiest mark things. Yeah, I'm just getting them because that just I'm just for the mark, I guess. I just put them in 
fancy balls. I don't know. Um, okay. And uh, well, that's all the news. So let's wow, talk to you, riveting. Spicer. Yeah, right. It's like on sixty minutes. TikTok, yeah. basically. Let me um, see. So yeah. So quick. what happened in Sacramento? You went out with some friends. You met up with Tony, I think, and yeah. just absolutely crushed it. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know. If I, I would say I had a great time. I don't know if I absolutely crushed it going five and four, which I'm cursed to do. Having but a like, great time is crushing it in my book. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I always go five and four, like on purpose. Because so. you're incredibly handsome. Yeah. Everybody who goes five and four is handsome. That's our personal meme because everybody we know goes five and four. And the people we know are handsome. I don't know about the people you know, but um, totally late to say this typhlosion is the best pokemon so you know i might do this raid anyway back to sacramento um sacramento was nice it was a lot better than fresno as far as just everything goes um it was it just felt like it wasn't as ghetto (laughs) and uh like downtown Sacramento was really awesome. I mean, the event, the regional was nice. Everybody at the Pokemon events are always really cool. Um, who did I? You know, now that it happened like two or three weeks ago, I just deleted all that information. I can't tell you all that much about yeah, who fair. I played against. What, uh, uh, what what team did you bring up with that? My team. I once again brought Screamtail. Um, I actually didn't really have time to prep this time so i can't even believe i went five four in a way because i didn't prepare just period i just went with basically stuff that i was familiar with like screamtail i who did i play i don't i don't think i played anybody that i knew a lot of rant oh there was a guy simon xl cool dude i think i lost to simon xl he was doing a hard trick room I just lost to everything that was hard trick room because I was just kind of pretending it didn't exist and that always makes me lose to it. Uh, so, so, and I lost one game to just purely rock slide flinch like in game three or rock slide uh, miss. I would have won the game, but I missed the rock slide. I had to do it to go for a double KO. Oh man, that um, sucks. That's, so that's brutal. Like it kind of made me feel good though because I feel like I could have gone 6-3 and basically without prep. So if I maybe like try harder and like believe in myself, I don't know, maybe I could top someday. I, but um, yeah. And then uh, I didn't go back game. I didn't know go back for uh, day two. Um, Cause I usually go back a lot and sometimes it's, you know, it's okay, but it's not as exciting nearly as day one. You know, if I don't make day two. So like, I had a friend who was just like, I'm just going to explore Sacramento. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. I do want to do that. Cause I travel a lot for these regionals. I don't really see stuff. Cause I, you know, only go out at night after the event and then go to the flight. And so I wanted to check out Sacramento and it was pretty cool. Uh, like we did do like a bar run with like some of the Vegas guys, really cool dudes. Nice. Uh, shout out to sky pillar and fresco. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the, I spent the day, we went to like a nature reserve on day two. Uh, it was called Effie Yaw, which sounds like something 
a surfer says when he's excited about something <laughs> but um it was really cool there was like it was like a safari zone in real life lots of animals and and uh yeah just chill um yeah i don't know what else is there to say about sacramento it's nice weather california is always beautiful cool well that's good it, it sounds like this was a not like a a kind of like like a better overall experience you know in the sense that it was like you got to go out and explore which is cool you feel good about your team because it seems as though maybe you went in with a, a little bit lower of expectations because of the lack of prep that you had so like that already puts you off on a good foot when you do better than you're anticipating you're going to and then you just yeah. had a good time because you were with people that you enjoyed so you didn't, weren't stressing about like you know where you were going to stay or how are you going to get there because all that was all squared away so i think that's that's awesome yeah, it was really fun to like all have us on like the same flight together. We planned that out like months ahead with like the Vegas locals. Like, not our scene is like kind of small compared to any other big city, uh, because it wasn't really a thing until we started to make it a thing this year. Mm-hmm. And we're growing up, you know, we're getting bigger a lot faster or pretty fast. And, um, yeah, having the same hotel was just a really cool time. And, uh, you know, I, to be fair, there was nothing to do in Fresno. Uh, like I probably, even if I went back to Fresno, I would not, I would stay at day two and not go out because of where it was. And, uh, sorry Fresno people, but, um, <laughs> next time I go to like, I want to go to like a nice regional. Well, I'm going to Portland again. That's for sure. I already got my ticket. I like Portland a lot. I was there years yeah. ago. It's fun. Yeah, me too. And, uh, yeah, Portland is really nice. There's, there's like a lot of homeless people, but like they're like different because they're not like bad. They're like kind of well off compared to anywhere else. It's very weird. Um, I'll cut this out. <laughs> and then, uh, but it's really cool. I just feel like there's a lot of really interesting people out there, and they're all very uh, welcoming and. Um, it's also beautiful, very rainy and wet and green everywhere. Always a good time. Got family and made a lot of friends out there. The Portland people are really cool. Shout out to Cody M. Clark and Sloth. But yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So that is a, uh, that that's nice. I'm glad you had a good time for sure. Yeah. I'm considering San Antonio too, but I don't know. Okay. Well, I think that, you know, if you're, if you're going to go and you're feeling good about it, you know, I hope you have a uh, good time out there and they are, they are going to be opening up some more slots here in the next couple of days for that. So maybe you're able to get in and uh, go out. Yeah. Um, And then like those two places are places I would probably go out if I don't make day two again, because that was just a really good time and just like see whatever there is to see yeah cool um well yeah like i said uh or like like for sure glad to very much glad to have you back on the on the pod and um we'll you know hopefully talk more about what you plan to do in san antonio or going to additional regionals in the future um i hope to see you at one someday that'd be cool that would be cool that would be cool but with that what do you say we shift gears and talk about Toronto. 
Yeah. Cool. Um, so for Toronto, we have a massive congratulations to the one and only Chuppa Cross for taking home the regional victory. Beating Finally. Paul Chua in the finals. Massive congratulations to him. A, a very phenomenal performance with uh, some quite the interesting top eight that we're going to get into. But just right off the bat, how much of the tournament uh, for Toronto did you get a chance to watch, Spicer? Oh, I saw absolutely none of it. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I, cool. I'm i involved in the server. People tell me things. That's as much as I got. I, it's something that I've been meaning to get around to, but October is a busy month for me. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, there's a lot going on. It feels like it just goes by so quickly, you know, yeah. and then it becomes November and November is basically Thanksgiving, which rolls into Christmas and it just goes from there. Um, yeah. Christmas sucks. Just kidding. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for Toronto, uh, we'll do what we've been doing in the past where we will talk about some of these teams and then um, go through them to see like what's what's interesting and what some of the uh, what some of the takeaways are. But uh, first, let's just sort of just talk about like general ideas and themes from the from the tournament, some of the uh, the notes that we had had written down Um some of the things that, and this is stuff that that Tim had pulled from Lab Mouse. So some of the stuff that was pretty significant to to talk about. Um, first off, significant to me: three Urshifu Rapid Strike all in the in the top eight, but also three of them in the top four is is pretty wild because. Urshifu had dipped a little bit in usage, but came back really with quite the dominant performance and did so in the rain with on two of those three teams. We saw rain dance tornadoes on both uh, on those teams, including on Chuppa's team, but also on Ragov's team as well. So rain was certainly a dominant weather at in Toronto, where maybe you'd expect snow. But here we got rain. Um, oh, I take it back. There was actually four Urshifu Rapid Strike. No. Oh, my God. Five in the top eight. I missed two of them. Bobby Rochelle and Enzo Ricci also had them in, in addition to Jamie Boy, Ragov, and Chuffle Cross. Wow, that's a lot of Urshifu Rapid Strike. I think that was the most used Pokemon, I believe, in I think it was. day two. That's something um, I heard about, even though I didn't watch. So that to me is 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 pretty significant because it really just it just came back strong. Um, in addition to that, there were where there was a ton of Urshifu, there was a lack of Ogre Pond. Uh, specifically, there were no Hearth Flame nor Wellspring in the top eight. But there were Teal Mask and Cornerstone both in the top eight, which is That's pretty insane. wild to me. I really need to see something to look at. Are you looking at something? I'm going to cut this cut, but can you? What am I looking at? I want to see the tournament results. Oh, I just go to lab, the labmouse.com. 
Oh, I forgot that's a thing now. Wow. Thank the Lord for Labmouse. Thank Arceus and Tim, the great Tim, labmouse.com. Loading, loading, loading. This looks legit. Yep. Where were we? There were no uh, Ogre Pond in, uh, no uh, Hearth Flame or Wellspring in the top eight. So if you wanted to riff on that, you could. Yeah. This is like the one time when I wasn't asked to vote on the over and unders where I would have actually gotten it right for guessing Cornerstone, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, interesting that they that they dipped a little bit. I am not quite sure, honestly, what the reason is, because it's like they had been they had been there for for so long. Um, but it's also not like there was they they weren't in the tournament. I mean, the fact that the number five most used Pokemon in the in the entirety of the tournament was Ogre Pond Wellspring. Um, Urshifu Rapid Strike was was just below that. Ogre Pond Wellspring was at thirty one point eight percent. Urshifu Rapid Strike was twenty nine percent, and then Ogre Pond Hearth Flame was just a few slots down at twenty three point nine six. So basically twenty four percent of the field. So they did have still quite a good showing. It's just that they just didn't make it there. And what I did find interesting is kind of to combat those two Pokemon specifically in, you know, Hearth Flame and Wellspring. Some of the other Pokemon that you see in the top eight are pretty interesting, right? We see on Paul Chua's team, he had Roaring Moon. Rogoff had Reggie Drago. Jamie Boyd had also Roaring Moon. So it's like people were, and then even, you know, Justin Tang brought Scarf Salamence. So the dragons came out in, in high demand and even Salamence being, you know, dragon flying for that quad resist onto grass types. People go, were going out of their way to resist water and fire as much as possible and then as a result it's just like those hearth flame and wellspring ogre pond kind of got stuck with outside the top eight now maddie morgan did make 11th with uh wellspring and there was a um ogre pond hearth flame in the uh 15th slot and 16th um, which was eric bartlett and riley factura respectively so they did have showing in day two for sure, but it is kind of interesting to uh, to see such a drastic difference from one tournament to the next. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that Jamie Boyd had Razor Claw Ogre Pond. It's so awesome. Teal Mask Ogre Pond with a Razor Claw. Yeah, that That's is really cool. Super cool. Teal Mask is just so neat because you get that item choice so you can really do a lot with it you know if you if you want to yeah um but yeah speaking of urshifu rapid strike and just like some of the some of the the placements looking at day two specifically 46 percent of the field was urshifu rapid strike so that jumped up pretty dramatically from where it had been and then if you look at day two usage for the ogre pond forms Hearth Flame was 20% at 10 teams of the 50, and Wellspring was at 18% or 9 of the 50 teams. Roaring Moon was 5 or 10%, and there were three Salamence, which uh, Justin Tang had one, and we we touched on some of the others. So it's like 
still the other ones that you'd expect, you know, Iron Hands, Fluttermane, Rillaboom, Arcanine, uh, Hisuian, Tornadus, I, Lando Teach, and Pow, Heatran. We're all there, certainly for sure, but it's the uh the 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 movement up and down of Urshifu Rapid Strike versus the Ogre Pond forms that really, really stand out to me. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, as everybody mostly knows by now, it's the fourth time Hisui and Arcanine, four out of four regionals for Reg EA1. Um, looks like it's choice band Arcanine again. Yeah, Normal isn't it Terra. wild? And like, it's uh, the, the cool thing too is you mentioned that it's choice banded. Hisui and Arcanine has won with a bunch of different sets. I mean, we've seen like, choice band with normal Terra. we've seen um you know no protect but like willow wisp and um like a more defensive set it just it continues to find placement on these top teams despite two quadrant weaknesses and not being over 100 base speed it's just it's got the right bulk in the right spots the right damage when it when it needs to it's a very very good Pokemon, especially for the format right now. Uh, it looks like, yeah. So there was that very fun one at Sacramento that had Will O' Wisp and Howl, um, with a Water Terra defensive Terra, mm-hmm. the Citrus Berry, and then in in Lille and in um Toronto, they're the exact same with the normal Terra Choice Band head smash as the fourth slot which uh i guess that's the move that's pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah and it's it definitely gives you a lot of different options on how you want to play it the evs certainly are going to take a lot of the um they're going to carry a lot of that for sure knowing exactly what you can and can't live is going to be is very big with with Arcanine, especially when you are dealing with um, a lot in in the meta right now, especially when you're facing like the fact that Hisuian Arcanine is still all over the top eight, considering there are I think four of them in the top eight, but five Urshifu Rapid Strike. So it's like you have to Terra in front of Urshifu Rapid Strike and because you can't protect in front of it. So you don't Mm want to take even just one Surging Strike and a, in a, as a non-Terra Hizuian Arcanine, or else you might go down. Um, yeah. So, okay. Um, other things of note, uh, we finally have Sinistra make the top eight, which is cool. It was on the number five team on Bobby Rochelle's team. It was paired with the Iron Hands for that Trick Room core. Um, we also saw 13 unique Pokemon in the top eight that Tim was able to identify for us, which is pretty cool. Some of them being, you know, Teal Mask Ogre Pond, Cornerstone uh, Ogre Pond, Reggie Drago, Dusclops. Um, there were two Blood Moons, Therian. which is interesting. So the Thunderous Therian, yeah, two Blood Moons is cool. Salamence. Um, so it's it's neat that uh, there's there's still just a lot to uncover with this meta, even though we are four tournaments in for regulation E, and we still have about three or four more to go. I think it's I think it's 
Well, even more than that, because regulation E goes until the end of December, right? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Um, okay. Well, let's look at Chuppa's team more closely. So Chuppa brought Focus Ash Chen Pao, Assault Vest Rillaboom, Choice Bandit Arcanine with the normal Terra, so it's much more offensive, Mystic Water, Urshifu Rapid Strike, Rocky Helmet, Tornadus with Bleakwind Storm, Taunt, Tailwind, and Rain Dance, and a Ghost Terra type. So not necessarily needing the uh, Covert Cloak, but as Amlo has mentioned, or as John has mentioned on the podcast before, the Rocky Helmet kind of works as a Covert Cloak because it dissuades your opponent from going for the Fake Out because they know they're going to be taking damage. So it's like, is the flinch really worth it? And then booster energy on Flutter with three attacks and protect. This is a very standard team that we've been seeing for a long time. I think this is actually like one of the original first teams that popped up very early on in Regulation E. So it's still here. It's still doing very well. I don't know if it was always necessarily normal Terra on Hisuian Arcanine, but it does make sense because it gives you that Intimidate. It still gives you that E-Speed and Nexus Chen Pao is still going to do a lot of damage. Maybe not necessarily as much as Choice Band Dragonite, but having the spread damage that stab is really, really big mm -hmm. for it. Yeah, the biggest underdog of like <laughs> that nobody like thought was going to be as good as it is, and it's it's the Mon since it's won them all. Yeah, uh, the whole team I would say is pretty standard. It just is being piloted by a good pilot. Um. I would almost say like every mod on here is standard. Yeah. There's no text except like the Rocky helmet. Yeah. I mean, there's really not. I mean, because like we've talked about rain dance before, you know, it can be used defensively as much as offensively. Um, the mystic water on Earth Super rapid strike is interesting as opposed to seeing like, you know, choice scarf or focus sash yeah. or something of that nature. True. But Otherwise, yeah, it's it's very standard. It's um, all about positioning and getting your damage in when you are able to. Yeah, this is the kind of team where the person who pilots it best has just grinded the showdown ladder all the time. <laughs> yeah, they know all their lines. They know exactly what they got to do. They know their game plans. Exactly. So they faced off against Paul Chua, who brought five completely different Pokemon. Uh, the only similarity was the Iron Hands. I feel like that doesn't happen very often, where there is so little crossover between the top two teams, you know? Mm. So Paul brought Fairy Terra. He trained with Shuckaberry. Haven't seen Shuckaberry in a minute. Cool. Assault Vest Iron Hands. Booster Energy on Roaring Moon with Acrobatics, Knockoff, Dragon Dance, and Protect. Rocky Helmet, Amoongus. With Protect, Spore, Rage Powder, and Pollen Puff. Choice Specs, Flutter Main. So with the booster energy on Roaring Moon, it allows you to go Choice Specs on the Flutter Main. So much more damage-oriented. And then, of course, the Choice Scarf on Landorus Therian with Stomping Tantrum, Terra Blast, U-Turn, and Rock Slide with the Terra Flying. So no Tailwind or Trick Room on this team. The Speed Control mm -hmm. really just being kind of Dragon Dance. I'm going to go fast. I'm going to, you know, go before you if I'm able to get that set up. And then having your anti-trick room and redirection in Amoongus and also being able to just, like, move around as much as you want to 
with iron hands having vault switch instead of like heavy slam or something of that of that sort that we've seen in the past yeah this is a balanced team yeah um and balance is typically the only kind of team that can safely not run speed control because mm-hmm. they can just defensively pivot and wait till your speed control runs out and kill you yeah and it's it's a team that, that definitely has its modes you know but like if, if you notice like to me this is kind of just a very much a team that's like we're gonna try and hit you as hard as possible and like while also being it's like it's like bulky like balance offense you know as opposed to more like balanced defense i guess because if you notice a lot of the terras are offensive with fairy on flutter main flying on landorus flying on roaring moon to benefit the acrobatics i mean sure you have defensive on heatran iron hands and amoongus but those are more defensive pokemon anyways so sometimes we see like more offensive pokemon like flutter main or landorus having somewhat of a defensive terra typing with like a water or um you know steel or something like that that's a little bit i'm i'm gonna live one hit like one more hit than I would normally because I'm able to take away that super effective damage. But no, this is like, here are my three, here are my three walls and here are my three damage dealers. So it's, yeah. uh, it's so you got three and three, you got kind of two modes in that way, a defensive way to play and an offensive way to play. Yeah. And, uh, it's definitely the most notable tech on here. I think is the parish song on the choice specs flutter main. Which is super cool. Yep. Great call. In the end game, sure. all you have to do is click that sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Or we just click we, it on a setup lead and then switch. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, you know, especially because like that's that's a combo that we saw a lot, especially when like Fluttermane and Amoongus was such a great combination. And it has been for what feels like years, but it's only been months. I mean, like going back to regulation B, like that's been something that's that's been around being able to put things to sleep, perish them. Like you just have a lot of options and a lot of different win cons that Paul is able to go to throughout the tournament. I think it does feel like it's been years in in Gen 9 already because Gen 8 had like our COVID year where we were, had Series 12 for a whole year. Yeah. And uh, well, it felt like a whole year. It wasn't, but. That's why it just feels like we've been in, we've had so many metas. It's so much better in Gen 9. This is like, in my opinion, like a golden era of Pokemon. And a lot of people don't realize that. Like, yeah. Terastalize is a great gimmick. I agree. It's been, it's been a very fun mechanic to explore, for sure. I'm almost sad when it's going to go away eventually. Yeah. It, we'll, we'll see what happens when we get there. Yeah. All right. So that is the, that was the final matchup again, as I've said before. Congratulations to Chubb Across. So looking at the rest of the tournament, um, some of the popular combinations of teams, the most popular trio of Pokemon that were found on the most teams. Um, on Looking at the entire tournament, the most common group of three was Lander Therian, Fluttermane and Iron Hands at 16% with Ogre Pond, Wellspring, Landorus, Therian, and 
uh, Iron Hands there at 12.7. And then Wellspring, Ogre Pond, Fluttermane, and Iron Hands at uh, number three with 12.52. Now, that was for the entire tournament, which is interesting because it's like a lot of Landorus, it's a lot of Iron Hands, it's a lot of Fluttermane. However, if I just shrink that to just the day two Pokemon, that landscape changes dramatically. And I expanded out to the the uh, the groups of three. There's only one combination of Iron Hands and Landorus. And then there's only one group of three with a Fluttermane. The top three groups of three is Sisuian Arcanine, Tornadus Incarnate, and Ursifu Rapid Strike at 18%. Chen Pao Rillaboom Rapid Strike at 16%, and then Tornadus Rillaboom and Urshfu Rapid Strike at 14%. So what that says to me is it's like that was kind of the the group of you know three that we were that was really the key to success. Because if you look at it, you know, you have ways to set tailwind, you have priority, you have Urshfu Rapid Strike obviously being the dominant combination there, and then you have Intimidate in Hisuian, or, uh, Hisuian Arcanine plus Ice Stab with Chen Pao. That all does really well into Iron Hands because of the Intimidate. It does well into Wellspring um, Ogre Pond because of uh, Tornadus as well as Rillaboom. And then you have Fluttermane, which obviously is going to do well, but if it's not going first, because if you know you don't have Tailwind on your side... All of these Pokemon are able to hit it on the defensive side, which is certainly not as strong. And a lot of these Fluttermane are running more offensive Terra types, so that's not getting that water or grass or you know even normal defensive Terra to be able to live something that's coming from a hard-hitting attack from one of these Pokemon. So it's interesting to see the just the you know the stark difference between day one usage versus day two, which that's always going to be the case, sure. But to see it's like so differently, the fall off between the Pokemon is uh, interesting to me. Yeah. And that's, of course, not to say that Landorus and Iron Hands didn't go away because they were the fifth most used duo in top 50 or, you know, day two at 20% of the teams had those two on them. But the fact that Urshifu Rapid Strike was the uh, one, two, three, and fourth place positions on that that duo combination is really telling just about how dominant it was in this tournament. And just rain in general. I mean, seeing so much rain dance and even Pelipper in the eighth slot, it's like, in your opinion, Spicer, do you think that rain is back here to stay as a somewhat dominant weather or do you think this is more so just a meta call that there was enough people that were in on the fact that you know what what if like urshifu rapid strike could be come back in a very good way and support it with rain because it's easily put onto tornadoes yes no yes um where where is this rain? T- oh yeah. Oh, Justin Tang. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um. Yeah, Pelipper is good, and uh, it's always gonna be good. Like, Tolly Polytoad's nice, but Pelipper has Flying Stab and Tailwind, which is, you don't always see 
the tailwind, but uh, flying stab is really important right now. We have a lot of really good grass types. And Politoed just doesn't. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, and, like, there's just so much to take advantage of the rain when we're in a format that has uh, really good water types like Iron Bundle and Urshifu Rapid Strike. Um, I think all of the weathers are good right now which is fun but uh they're not any none of them are like meta so mm -hmm. you can you can have fun with any weather you want um it's weird because sun might be sun is just not that popular right now but it's usually like the best weather or rain um but yeah, anything can work. There's even though the power level is so high, if your power level is high, you can make it work. It might not look like it since hyper offense won again, but anything can happen. You just gotta believe. <laughs> True. And it's like it is it is interesting that we don't see more sun considering the protosynthesis boost, you know, that yeah. Paradox Pokemon get. But you also got to think it's really just about like, what is it really going to be supporting in, in the game right now? I mean, we have phenomenal grass types, we have phenomenal water types and Arcanine Hisuian doesn't really need sun to hit hard because it also gets rock slide, which is like a phenomenal stab attack. Right. So it's like sun would really only be in a, in, in a way like hurting, I guess. I mean, sure. It's going to benefit something like, you know, Chi Yu or obviously like the the Psy spam teams that utilize Torkoal in the back for setting sun. But it's like when you scroll down the list of Pokemon that could benefit from it, it's like Masui um, and Arcanine doesn't really need it because of the in, in top cut of the 16, 12 of them were running choice band. So it, like it doesn't necessarily need the the additional damage there. And then you have Heatran and it's like, okay, five of the 13 were rocking, you know, life orb. And there's also a salt vest, but Heatran doesn't necessarily need the additional damage boost from sun because it's more so running things to be able to do like enough damage and then utilize heat wave to get that spread. So it's like, yeah, it could benefit from sun, but again, it doesn't really need it. It's uh -huh. not it's not things like, you know, like Chi Yu really benefits from sun because it's able to just absolutely obliterate things. But you have to scroll all the way down to there only being two in the top 50 with its highest placement at seventh. Wow. So it's like you didn't really need you just don't really need sun right now. And of course, sand isn't isn't there. Um, there were three Alolan Ninetales in the top 50 at 6%, but that only got to 18th at, at its highest. So yeah. not even not even that. And and what's interesting too is, yeah, there were three Alolan Ninetales and only one Bax Caliber. So it's like they're utilizing snow, but not to like, not as a form to benefit other Pokemon that would benefit from it, more so just to set screens, you know? 
Yeah, and then basically the only two meta relevant protosynthesis mons right now are using booster. Mm -hmm. Right. And they really want it consistently. They don't want the sun to be sometimes there. Right. They want to always have the boost. Right. Um beyond that, just some of the cool stuff that popped up that I saw. Um in the in the top 50, there were 22 iron hands without looking. If you had to guess, how many of them had a salt vest on those 22? 21. <laughs> Why 21? Because it's it's just so standard because yep. they want to survive Blutter main attacks. And the only one that didn't. Yeah, one guy is real special. He's not like other girls. What was the do you know what that item was? I know, I'm just making stuff up. I have no idea. Oh, okay. Because you're right. There were 21 that were using. I was right. Vest. There was one on a Bobby Rochelle's team that also had the Sinistra. He brought was it booster? Clear amulet. Clear wild amulet. charge, close sense. combat, ice punch, fake out. So four attacks, Ooh, no protect. Ice punch. Didn't need the uh didn't need the assault vest with a terror type poison. It's just saying, you know what? what? I'm going to set Trick Room. Wait a minute. Didn't no. even have Trick Room what? on the team because it's not even a Trick Room signature. It's Matcha Gacha, Shadow Ball, Nasty Plot, and Rage Powder. This team is wild. Choice Band, Hisui, and Arcanine. Choice Scarf on Rapid Strike, Urshifu. Sharp Beak on Tornadoes with Leer. Um, Yo. Leer's what's up. To... I brought Leer Tornadoes to Sacramento. It's 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 pretty sick. I mean, there was a couple of times on stream that it popped off. There was even one time that it, they were facing down a teal mask ogre pawn and hit Leer into Defiant on the same turn that they clicked Swords Dance. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it ended up not meaning anything because there was enough speed on this Iron Hands because it's not a Trick Room Iron Hands. I was wrong. It's not a Trick Room Iron Hands. So in Tailwind, it was faster than the than the ogre pawn. So Ice Punch was able to kill it from, or Close Combat was able to kill it from where it was, whatever the the, the move that it was. So it didn't end up mattering, but that was wild to uh, to see because I yeah. think it was at minus minus one defense at that point. So it was a pretty easy easy pickup. And like I said, like people use Assault Vest to deal with Flutter Mains killing their Iron Hands. That's what he went Terra Poison for. Yep, exactly. It's for that specifically, plus, of course, the, the fighting resist. Um, that Teal Mask Ogre Pond was piloted by Jamie Boyt. You had mentioned the Razor Claw on Ogre Pond, which is very cool. Um, that team also had an Assault Vest Thunderous Arian with Thunderbolt, Terra Blast, Grass Knot, and Wild Bolt Storm. The Terra Blast flying on it to get wow. that flying stab. Assault vest yep. under Asterion. This team is also pretty cool. Um this this is the this is like the more support roaring moon with booster energy, knockoff, breaking swipe, tailwind, and protect. So it's able to set up that tailwind for the rest of the team and then also support them with the breaking swipe. And what's interesting too is that like they clicked breaking swipe in front of a bunch of different Pokemon, but something like the Hisui and Arcanine, which are now running a lot of fairy Terra to be able to get fire rock and fairy stab are able to avoid those attack drops from the 
breaking swipe because of course it's immune um but cool. we'll uh before we end here are there any additional teams or pokemon you wanted to shout out from things that uh, caught your eye um well jamie boy has substitute on his urshifu which is cool mm-hmm. he chose not to have aqua jet for that that's neat um Sinistra's are really cool like seeing them got like a couple with nasty plot which i didn't realize it had yep. yeah, that slot just so kid. available it's really cool because you don't realize how powerful that nasty plot is when you like you're healing from two different pokemon at the same time right the matcha gotcha is huge um yeah obviously choice spec salamence nobody saw it coming ogre pond cornerstone my guy yeah nice cool teams yeah yeah i'm i'm curious to see what some of the grassroots tournaments are going to yield here over the next couple weeks because there isn't another regulation e tournament until november 25th where there are two that weekend one in poland the other one in brisbane australia which our very own jack will be attending so uh we'll see how the meta changes if at all between now and then definitely something for people to keep an eye on but because of the fact that there are not any tournaments for a couple weeks uh, we are going to take a little bit of a break potentially we'll see keep posted on what we are doing here Um, but if there's just not much to talk about we don't want to necessarily waste your time but if there is some fun stuff that we have cooking we'll be sure to get it out there for you to enjoy but before but until we figure that out you know we'll uh just be on the lookout for what's coming next yeah and with that we close out toronto as the reign of rain comes to an end. Just like this podcast. So Spicer, let's do our goodbyes. Start with you. Um, Goodbye. (laughs) And have a great night, everybody. Have a great day. Have a great morning, wherever you are listening to this. We hope you enjoyed. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Class dismissed. (laughs) I'm <laughs> going